And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through Friday. On the Athletic Podcast Network. Tamper with you. you. Welcome to Tampering. We're this beautiful game of basketball that we all love and talk about every single day. Sam Panic. Aha! To be able to bring people together. Reportedly at the center of an NBA investigation into tampering accusations. And the message to executives in the league is stop talking about players on other teams. What did I do? The charges filed. Impermissible contact. Right or wrong. Tampering charges are really difficult to prove. You know me, I talk. Very <laughs> <laughs> awkward to even talk about. I can't even mention teams anymore. Actually, what I like to put in Kevin Durant. The trial, you're one with the tampering. They're always ahead of the rules. It's not rocket science. I have tampered with the guys. I didn't tamper. I'm just telling you what happened. I'm just telling you what happened. Hello and welcome to the Tampering Podcast, part of the Athletic NBA Show Network. I'm Sam Amick, national writer at The Athletic, coming to you. As always, we got Anthony Slater with me on the West Coast, on the East Coast. Special guest today, Mark Lazary. Should we just go straight to champion, Mark? Do we just drop the CEO of Avenue Capital? We drop, you know, I, all the uh, all the niceties? Is, is that how you're rolling these days? Roll my, I only respond to champ. <laughs> has Wikipedia updated it? I'm sure it has. <laughs> You've got the the Bucks shirt on. Yeah. For those who are not joining us on video, you're you're coming to us from your beautiful home. You got a lot of family in the background. I can see. Um, hey, thank you for doing this. Here's where my head was at, Mark. It, it's always great to see you, and, and you've joined us before. But I, I kept thinking back to the finals journey, and at this point. We are in the dog days of the NBA offseason, which is obviously shorter than normal, but still we, we officially reached dog day status. And for you, I'm imagining that the reflections never get old. Uh, what what has, before we dive deeper into it, just in general, what has the, the championship glow been like and, and how have you enjoyed you know this past six weeks? Um, it's been great. First of all, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, sure. It, it's been fabulous. I mean, um, I don't think I... You know, you never really fully appreciated how hard it's going to be to get there. And then once you get there, um, just sort of the first, I guess, it's this feeling of relief, which is, uh, oh, thank God it it happened. Then you have just massive jubilation. Um, So it's been great. I mean, it really is. And um, I didn't know how many people really watch basketball. And um, you do hear from people you haven't. I mean, to be honest, people I haven't talked to since high school, um, right. people just contacting you and just saying, uh, congrats. I saw the game. I'm really happy. So yeah, it's been fabulous. It really has. So not that you are ever lacking for microphones or platforms, but I, I thought it would be fun to, you know, there's like for me anyway, a full circle type component to our conversation today, because if you go back to the early stages of the NBA finals and we're hitting the road and, and covering you guys and Slater and I, and, and our colleagues, Sham Sharani and, and Eric name, we're sitting there having breakfast at the Phoenician yeah. and, and, and we're doing our thing. 
you were nice enough to roll by, sit down, chat for a while, and, and your Bucks group was nearby. But that was a time of great angst and, you know, <laughs> literally sitting on the edge of your seat. And without, you know, sharing our chat from that day too much, I do remember the spirit of it being, you know, I think Shams had essentially said to you, like, all right, Mark, you know, how, how many oh shit moments have you had? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and these playoffs, playoffs are always, you know, turning on, on luck and circumstance yeah. to a degree. Right. But I, I love how I've seen other interviews where you're not afraid to, to kind of be humble about it and talk about the different, uh, you know, things that went into play that led you guys to, to, you know, where you went, but go back to that time. I know you were enjoying it, but was there a roller coaster component that was that was a lot to navigate as you guys were trying to survive there? Oh yeah, obviously, <laughs> it was right. a huge roller coaster. Um, you know, look, I, I I think at the end of the day, we're all fans, right? We all love the game. I mean, the 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 difference is, yes, you own the team, but ultimately you're a real fan. And you know, when you're down one zero, you you're trying to find the good in it. Um, well. You know, it's it's their home. Whatever Giannis was just coming back. Um, you know, when you get down 2-0, you're like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> but, sure, sure. but that's okay. We're going back to Milwaukee. Um, we're going to make a bunch of adjustments. So it it is a lot of highs and lows um, because you're, you know, when when you win the third game, you're like, yes, we're back in. But, okay, I feel good. Um, okay, now all you got to do is win the fourth game. <laughs> and then once you do that, you'll tie it up. Um, right. And then when you tie it up, you're like, all right, now we're going back to Phoenix. And okay, if we can just win this game, it'll be great. <laughs> it's just, so, yeah, it's just it's huge emotions up and down. When did you think you were going to win it? When was the is there a moment you're sitting maybe in Milwaukee game six, third quarter? And you're like, we're going to do this. No, I think with a minute to go in the in game six it wasn't, it, wasn't just, it wasn't in the third quarter um it's just you you have all these runs from every on both sides and um um you know we were missing a bunch of shots in game six um Giannis was keeping us in it I mean if Giannis was playing great um and you know and then towards the end you're everybody's just making baskets and Every time we'd bring the ball up, you're, you know, uh, you didn't realize how religious you became. Um, you just, <laughs> please God, just let this one go. You had a, you had a line I saw elsewhere that was, you know, just praying to every God that. Oh God, God is, it is. is honoring. It is, yeah. and you know, when Chris is that shot, you're like, yes. Um, and it starts dawning on you with about like 45 seconds to a minute to go. Oh my God, I think we're going to win this thing. Um, so yeah, it's. It is a roller coaster. I mean, it's uh, because you literally are living every shot. So along those lines, Mark, it is a roller coaster. Um, I find your experience and owners in general fascinating from the standpoint of GMs often talk about how there's an anxiety um, born into their jobs, right? Because all they can do is build the roster and they're tinkering all the way through. But when the ball goes up, there's the, the control is out the window. Now it's up to Mike Budenholzer and his staff. For you, the level of control is, you know, even more so on the macro, but you've got more skin in the game than anybody. You know, if the listeners aren't aware, you know, back in 2014, you buy the team with Wes Edens for $550 million. Obviously that investment has paid off, you know, big time, but you have the most skin in the game. But then if, correct me if you, if I'm correct, if I'm right here, I've always read you 
to be somebody who has a decent balance of you you enjoy the game, you like the game, you know the game to an extent. You're also pretty willing to put your hands up and say I'm not the basketball guy. And and so all those things, you know, put them in the same pot. That's a tough viewing experience, I would imagine. It is. It's uh it's hard because, you know, I played basketball in college. And so you think you know the game. Um, and, you know, I, I always tell Coach Bud, I go, Bud, look, you and I are the same. I coach my kids, you know, in their league. So you're coaching an NBA team. Do you want my views? And I'll go, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go, does he say it nicely oh, yeah, because no, no, you're no, the owner? Nice or does he I, say, get the hell out of my no, office? very yeah. nice. I'm like, okay, but let me tell you what I think anyway. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll go through it with him and he'll go, yeah, but you know, you got to do this. You got to do that. I'm like, okay, um, I know, but what do you think about this? And it's actually, um, I always feel bad sometimes because, um, you know, we all think we know the solution. And, right. Um, you know, we're not NBA coaches and, you know, the, the only benefit I get is um, um, uh, I'll be able to go in there and give Bud my views. And I'm sure when I walk out, he's like, oh, my God, we got to explain right. to him how wrong he is. He right, says, right, right. he says, oh, my God, that's how we shut Kevin Durant. Down. <laughs> that's all we got to do. Mean, I mean, Bud is showing a willingness to take advice. I mean, his father was a, a legendary high school yep. coach. And, and during the finals, I enjoyed, you know, the, in the media side, we would talk to Bud about how his pops had hit him up and said, we need some full court press, you know, going into game two. What are y'all doing? So he, he he's always got people in his ear. He does. Um, we have a bunch of topics we were hoping to hit on sure. today. But since you mentioned Bud, yeah. that's the latest news. And that's uh, a guy who you and the rest of the group decided to extend, mm-hmm. um, you know, reward him for the job well done. Um, I'm curious to hear the decision-making process there. And also just your thoughts, just being transparent and direct as always is like pro sports is tough, right? And there was a time not so long ago when we didn't know what might happen with Bud and that staff because expectations were very high and the bubble did not go as you guys had planned. You and I have have had talks about how there were, you know, so many layers to the bubble experience that, that it took you guys a while to unpack what it all meant from a basketball standpoint. Then you you fast forward to these playoffs, and you know it was not uh, much of a secret that going in it was you know there was pressure. You know what I mean. And and so you guys get to the finish line and you're raising the trophy, right. and and now you know you decide to to extend Bud. Take us through that a little bit and the part that he's played and, and the way you feel like he he kind of performed, if you will, in the playoffs. Look, I I love Bud. I do. I, I think he's a great coach. He really is. Um, it's the, the hard part for Bud and for all of us, and I, and I would say for the team itself, is just the expectations, right? And I think we've got all these expectations. I mean, Bud's got it. I've got it. Everybody has it. And look, you, if you look at the Nets, um, they've got the expectations. They were favored to win last year. They're favored to win this year. Right. So there's always all this pressure. Um, And (laughs) I remember uh, after game two, you know, the Nets game, and I think we lose whatever, 30 or 40. um, I go in the locker room, I look at Bud, I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what happened? (laughs) He goes, Mark, we're just going to break down film. We're going to go back and we're going to figure it all out. 
I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> How's it looking? <laughs> and he goes, it's good. To, it, it's going to be good to get home. Um, he goes, we'll figure it out. And, you know, I love that about it because I'm really emotional. I'm like, sure. I'm like, I'm going in there. What do you think? Or did, what, what did we do wrong? We just lost by 30 or 40 points. And um, Bud is Bud is really good. I mean, he is. And there's there is. What do you want to hear from him in that moment, Mark? Sorry to cut you off. But like what what did he say and how did that reconcile with with what you oh, want it, to hear from him? He said, look, we'll figure it out because the guys just didn't play well and they'll play better. I'm, I'm like, you sure? He goes, yep. Yeah. Don't worry. It'll be fine. And he does have that quiet confidence, um, sure. which is nice. Um, so I, I think you, you go through all of this. And one of the things that I saw, and I told this to Bud, I said, look, there was a huge amount of pressure on us, on him, on all of us, because everybody expects you to win. And you know, what, what he showed us during that time is how well he handled the pressure, how well he prepared the team um, and what a great job he did. Um, so that, you know, after we won, we were like, look, um, not, it's not, we want to reward you. We want to keep you. I mean, in, in the most difficult times, he did a great job. And what I mean by that is it ain't easy going down O2 to the nets. It's not easy. <laughs> Um, you know, sort of tying it and then going back down three, two. Yeah, we win at home, but then you got to win in Brooklyn. Um, you know, going down 0-2 to the Suns. So, I mean, you know, think of the Hawks. I mean, it's uh Giannis gets hurt and you got to get the team ready and you got to come up with a plan. I mean, I think Bud did a great, great job and sort of showed us um look here with pressure on, not only can I handle it, but I can figure shit out. And, um, you know, that's the reason why we wanted to extend them um, just because of the job he did. It is an exclusive group of NBA coaches who have NBA championships. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, especially because there's so many coaches who have a bunch. It is really a kind of a limited group. Uh, I kind of want to ask you about somewhat of the other news uh, of the, the last few weeks. I, mean, I guess there's been several, but Giannis is now a part owner of the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you, I guess, just generally think about that? I'm sure you weren't like super active in those talks, but just uh, it's kind of cool. I, I think it's great. And look, part of it is um, this has been a while in the making. Um, I had talked to Mark Atanasio about it a while ago and said, look, I think Giannis would be really interested in investing. Um, I think it'd be great for the city. I think it's great for everybody. You know, Aaron Rodgers invested with us on the team. You know, and part of that is you, you sort of want your best players to become ingrained in the city. And sort of investing in another team um, is great because he's not allowed to invest in the Bucs, right? He's not allowed to invest in a basketball team. Um, so I thought it was a great idea. Um, and it, it sort of, look, at the time, it gives you this confidence that, okay, great, Giannis wants to stay, right? He wants, you're not thinking of investing in the Brewers, um, you know, because this was probably a year ago where all these discussions started. So you start feeling good about, you know, the fact that your best player and your most important player um, wants to have roots 
not only emotionally, but also financially within the city. He Perfect so, segue there. Go I, ahead, Slater. I was sorry. just going to ask. I mean, like, obviously he was like this mega star in Milwaukee um, and even globally somewhat. But have you seen, I mean, even in the in the weeks leading up to the title, winning the title, the weeks after the title, like his fame even locally and, and certainly globally just explode even more? Yeah, no, it has. But I think part of that, it's just, I, I think for Giannis, playing as well as he did and sort of that, you know, the sixth game was an iconic game. I mean, scoring 50 points, 17 and 19 free throws. Um, and he wouldn't, you know, after the game, um, he wouldn't let go of the of the trophies. I mean, you guys saw it. He's walking around with them. And I went to him. I'm like, hey, I need the trophy. I want to take a couple of pictures. He's like, no. Nope. <laughs> has he given it up yet he Have had seen he had selfie? a he had a quandary though mark because he had cigar i know he champagne did, yes. and trophy oh, that's yeah. three i'm not good at math but there were two arms two, arms. He didn't care, two hands he was, so that was the only and the best part one of my favorite post game six moments that i actually captured on video was bud was finishing his press conference and here comes big fella in the back of the room Giannis walks in and he's got the champagne, he's got the stogie, got the trophy. The other time that he put down the trophy was to sit in the back of the room and practice his free throw stroke <laughs> and just kill time while waiting for Bud to finish, which was his little way, I think, of of telling the media that, yeah, look at me, I made some free throws. Yeah. You know, y'all said I couldn't. No, it's exactly that. I think it was great for him. He took the trophy um, to Athens. Um, he's having a great time. You know what? He's 26 years old. He should. Like, enjoy life. Like you're, you're the guy. Um, we're actually all going back to Athens, um, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, um, you know, just again with Giannis to spend some time with them. It should be fun. I mean, it's, I think it's been great for him. It's been great for the team. Um, and look what happened. I mean, Chris and Drew um, right after, right afterwards get an Olympic medal. I mean, it's, it's been a dream season um, for all our players. It really has. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. So I was going to say a perfect segue. We talked about, as far as Giannis goes, Mark, um, and I just looked it up here real quickly to remind myself of the timing. It's been less than nine months since he signed the Supermax. Yeah. And Last offseason, you know, I remember being in the bubble and doing some pretty deep reporting on where his head was at, what was going to happen here. And we all know that he he looked at it long and hard. And, you know, like any superstar, had a lot of people in his ear trying to figure out what he wanted to do. You know, 
Take us into that time a little bit. And where was your level of concern? Because this is a generational player. This is an all-time great. And we all know the history of, you know, small market lack of success in this area. A lot of times those guys don't stick around. So, you know, how, you know, how much angst was there at that time for you? And, and take us through that a little bit. Look, there's always angst. I mean, there just is. It's, the, the reason there is, is, um, you know, shit happens and people can change their mind. I think there was, there was a high level of confidence, but part of that is just the person who Giannis is. I think the relationship that we all had with him um, and the belief that he really, you know, he, he wanted to stay. Um, I think ultimately at the end of the day, it wasn't really about the money for him. Um, I think it really was, um, could he win? I mean, Giannis is very, very focused on winning. And, you know, we spent a lot of time with him um, going through about, look, we're going to do everything it takes to try to win. It's going to be hard, um, but we think we have the players um, and we're going to get other players. And I think there was a level of confidence that Giannis had with John. I mean, there was a great relationship. And, you know, one of the things we just kept on talking to Giannis about is, look, you have a great relationship with the GM. You have a great relationship with the ownership group. So, yeah, you know, you can always go somewhere else, but you know us, you know how committed we are. So there's a big trust factor. Um, so we felt good, but, you know, you, you get nervous. I mean, when was it? December 1st, right? That's when you could start, right? Right. Right. And so it's not signed on December 1st and everybody starts writing, oh, that means he's changing his mind. And every day that it goes by, um, you know, you were really confident and you just get a little bit more nervous. Uh, so that was, I mean, that was the outside commentary. Yeah. What, what, how did that hit you? And, and what meaning, if any, did you attach to the fact that he didn't sign it not, on December 1? Not much. I mean, we were always talking. I mean, it's, um, we thought everything was going well. Um, you know, he wanted to get back. I mean, it was the whole thing with um, COVID. We needed to start getting the players. And, you know, our view was that he would, um, but that he needed to be back here. We needed to spend more time. We needed to talk. And we spent about a week just going through all the different things we wanted to try to do and our commitment to winning. So I think for Giannis, as he saw that, um, I think he got more and more comfortable um, so yeah, it all, it all worked out, but were we nervous? Yeah. You're always nervous. I remember, you know, you guys had met in Chicago, I think with his agent, yep. Alex Ferrazis, and I forget who all was part of that group, but that was an important meeting. And then you met at his house and, and I know a little time has passed, but I wonder, as you look back on it, what types of granular questions came your way, either from Giannis or Alex that, that, that you thought ultimately played a part in the way they saw the situation? I think it was always, um, here are the players, here's the people who we really like, you know, the, who Giannis thought were really good, um, who he thought would be helpful. And, you know, we spent a lot of time going through that of, look, you're right, but I don't think we can get that guy. You're right, but here's what's hard. I mean, it's, um, so we just spent a bunch of time with Alex and with Giannis talking about all those things. Um, and they were all super positive conversations. I mean, it was just here, look, we agree with you. We're going to try to do what we can. And I, and I think that was really the message. The message was, look, we're willing to spend the time and the money. Um, and 
I think as we spent the time with him, he, I think Giannis felt, yeah, we were going to do everything we could to try to win a championship, um, which is what he was really focused on. And so are we. So obviously, I mean, it's, we want to win a championship. He wants to win a championship. I, I feel like that leads pretty well into like a Drew Holiday question. Cause I mean, you're mentioning like talking to him about players you think might help. I mean, Drew Holiday turns out to be really kind of the home run move of the off season, you know, oh. NBA wide. I mean, it, clinched the title essentially um what do you as we're doing kind of uh you know reduxes of some of this stuff what do you remember about the holiday conversations internally uh and then eventually finally pulling the trigger on it and, and obviously what it led to um you know john horse was a huge fan of drew he just was um and when we started talking about that um you know, I knew I knew who he was. I thought he was a really good player, and I, I knew he was a great defensive player. Um, I just didn't know the person he was. And John felt really strongly um, that we should go all in with Drew, and felt, look, if he's on our team, he's the missing piece. And um, you know, we signed off on that, obviously. And you know, what you found is that Drew is like as an individual, it's just off the charts. I mean, just like smart, thoughtful, like, like you know, his parents did a phenomenal job. I mean, you, you would be proud to call him your son. You know, same thing with Giannis, same thing with Chris. When you look at some of our players, um, they're just great guys. And Drew, um, you know, John Horse really felt he was going to be the missing piece. And he was dead right. And, you know, I remember, um, you know, the first practice, uh, Drew is covering Giannis. And that was, you know, same thing. Giannis knew Drew by reputation. After practice that day, um, you know, John says to me, he goes, yeah, Giannis now knows how good he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's covering him. He's good. Right. And it, it was actually great. It, it was. And I think it, I, I think 100% it was a huge factor in Giannis resigning um, because, you know, he's, he saw what we were willing to do. Um, and, you know, I think, look, and I think the next trade, you know, that John had done on PJ Tucker was actually also a great trade, you know, at the trade deadline. So John Horst did a great job in sort of putting the pieces together. Um, so it's, it's been good. The other part of that, Mark, that, uh, that I think fans would love to hear your perspective on is so you have the Bogdan Bogdanovich situation, yeah. right? And uh, first of all, as a, as a lighthearted aside, I, 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 I don't know if we'll ever change the name of the podcast, but it is called the tampering podcast. And, and your face cringed a little bit when I read it. And I remembered uh, having Jeannie bus on a year ago and her face cringed a little bit. What? <laughs> so, but, but I mean, so that, that move fascinates me or that situation. We all know the way it went down. But then, you know, like a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, you can never predict the domino effect, right? And what I do find interesting is that not having Bogdan, you end up holding on to Dante uh, DiVincenzo. He ends up getting hurt. But, you know, somebody had kind of gotten in my ear about this, like Sam, you know, look at um, the Bobby Portis stuff, the P.J. Tucker stuff. You know, like John and his front office staff then obviously went to work finding other solutions and, and less, you know, kind of – they weren't reaching as high in terms of a name. Bodon is a guy who at his best is, is, you know, maybe all-star caliber, but it worked out in the end. You had some, some role players there and some depth 
that probably wouldn't have been there if that situation ended differently. Yeah, it's funny because it's it's always a what if, right? I mean, if you sort of think about it, um, I think the Bogdanovich, I mean, the reason we wanted him is he was a great shooter. I mean, right. he is a great shooter. And we thought, look, the more you open up the court for Giannis, the better it is, right? That, that That's the whole idea. I mean, um, and look, it's too bad that it just, it, it fell apart, but I don't know if it had happened, if we would have won, like, I, I, I honestly don't know it because you sort of see all these things and everything sort of fit together. Um, <clears throat> Bobby came through huge. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, people's roles would have been different and, um, it all, it all, look, it all worked out, but sure. I have no idea. I mean, I think it's, um, I think he would have been really good for the team. But then again, I think the way everybody else stepped up and what happened um, taught us quite a bit about a bunch of players. I mean, Bobby has been great. I mean, he really has. It's, you know, you think back to him in sort of the first couple of games in Phoenix. And then, you know, you think back on the sixth game. I mean, Bobby was shooting. I mean, we needed him. And, you know, the great thing about Bobby, I mean, you know what I love about Bobby? I always tell him, I'm like, Bobby, man, I love the fact you're never scared. I mean, that guy, he'll shoot. He's He's got no fear in him. And, you know, we needed that. And you sort of need a player like that. And he's been great. So, you know, Mets, I mean, you bring Bobby back this summer and that can kind of allow us to spin it forward a little bit. But, you know, it's I'm funny. I'm looking at uh, – you know, tax bills. I cover the Warriors on like a primary basis. And right. at this point, I think their tax bill is like 184 million. And yeah. a lot of the talk this summer was, you know, do they use the mid-level exception? If they do, yeah, you know, it says, hey, you signed a guy one year is 5.3, but it's really, you know, it costs you like 30 something million. Yeah. You know, if you do all the, the tax numbers, you guys are fourth uh, on tax bill, Brooklyn second, Clippers third. You guys right now projected, it looks like around like 53 million. Yeah. Um, how much of a factor was that this summer as you're, as you're kind of, uh, you know, trying to reconstruct the roster? And then obviously I know PJ Tucker going to Miami. What did you think about what happened this summer and how much have the tax bill come into conversation? Hey, look, it's a big part. I'm not going to tell you it's not. I mean, it's just, you know, if you sign somebody for $5 million, you're not signing them for five. You're signing them for 25, you know, $20 million. I mean, it's just... And you sort of look at that, and so you're, you're you're trying to figure out. All right, well, look, if we're going to do that, okay, there is a cost to it. Um, yeah, we want we want them, but you know that's going to cost us twenty five, or that'll cost us thirty five. I mean, whatever the numbers are. And I think um, you know we're very focused on that. I mean, it's just it. Look, we're a small market team. It's expensive. I mean, for us this year, we're going to lose quite a bit of money. Um, and you know, we're what's quite a bit, Mark, and you, you know, you're a big boy, you can decide what you feel like sharing, but I I just kind of wonder what, you know, what that looks like. Um, well, think of it this way. We're break even before the tax. (laughs) So it's not, it's not like the team, you know, the team, when we're at our max, we're pretty much break even. So, um, you know, the taxes, it's real money. I mean, that's what we're going to lose. And, um, you know, you'll make it up. You'll make some of that up as you move along in the playoffs. 
obviously. And sort of that factors in, you're like, well, look, I know I'm going to lose X, um, but if we get to the playoffs, you know, it starts going down. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's real money for us. But at the end of the day, the goal is that you want to keep winning a championship. So you're going to spend the money. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Perfect uh, segue there, too, and we're going to let you get out on this. I, I read a CNBC article where you talked to their folks about the the business angle here, and I thought it was interesting because it sounds like you've had sponsors coming out of the woodwork, you know, having a, a new interest in uh, working with the Bucks, And we talk, you know, talk, <laughs> yeah, shocking. And you talk about Giannis's star power and yeah. in general, the spoils of the victor, if you will. Um, you know, but from your seat and, and in having that small market reality, how significant is it, uh, you know, even if there's a few stories within there that things that cross your desk that may not have otherwise, if you guys didn't raise that trophy, just what, what has that part been like? Um, look, I think it's been, it's been interesting. I mean, uh, it's exactly what you said. People do come out of the woodwork. Uh, people who are on the fence are now no longer on the fence. Um, so all that is, it's all positive and you're going to try to do, you're going to try to do what you can in sort of increasing the income through sponsorship, through ticket sales. Um, you know, one of the things that was actually interesting, and so we're, we're in a bit of a dilemma. Um, one of the things we found was because of COVID, a lot of our season ticket holders didn't renew, okay. right? Um, so that's, that's negative, but it turned out to be a huge positive for us because as we started progressing going in the playoffs, you had a lot more seats you could sell. So you could actually sell those seats at what the market price was, right? As opposed to normally, you know, seat would sell for a thousand, but during the playoffs, it'll go for, I don't know, two, three, four times that amount. Um, but now you could end up capturing that arbitrage. So now you're sort of, now the dilemma is, all right, well, what do we do? Do we do that again? Do we take that risk uh, to make sure you can do the flex pricing or, do you sell more of your season ticket holders so you know you've got your base? Um, so, you know, that's up to Peter Fagan and he'll figure that out. But it, it's actually been interesting. You know, you're, you're, you're learning quite a bit. Of, um, you can do really well as long as you know you're going to get to the playoffs, as long as you know you're going to get to the finals. Um, and I, I think we will, barring injury, right? I mean, that, that's what all this stuff is. It's, I, I think it's us and Brooklyn in the East. I mean, I think, you know, I'm trying to be unbiased, but I think we're probably the two best teams. Not a hot take. I feel like that's a pretty uh, right, common. Don't you think? Right? <laughs> it's not. 
But e- I, I will say the East is getting a little bit oh, deeper uh, than it's been. Yeah. Well, I mean yeah, that that it begs the it does beg the Miami question though, especially Slater mentioned the PJ component. How do you see that group? That that's a group that you now have a, a lot of mixed history with. They're tough. I mean, yeah. look, I love Kyle Lowry. I mean, I think he is he's a great player. He's just tough. I mean, you know, Jimmy Butler. I mean, all the guys they've got, they're really good. Um, it's gonna be tough. I mean, and PJ, PJ, PJ is the best. I mean, he's just, you know, he just plays super hard all the time. Um, but look, ultimately, at the end of the day, I'd rather have our team. But still, um, if we're healthy, you know, we should go pretty far. But I would say the same thing. If the Nets are healthy, they should go pretty far. It's who's going to be the healthiest when you get there. Um and it's been interesting trying to figure out because I, I bet you there's going to be a lot of uh, gaming of this because you want to be the number one seed, but do you want to be the number one seed or do you want to make sure you're the healthiest going into playoffs? Right, right, right. You mentioned Kyle. You got me curious because I'm I'm fuzzy on the details, but was he ever a guy that that was in your guys' radar um, as you looked for point guard options? I mean, we didn't. He was never really available. Obviously. Yeah. Two off seasons ago. Yeah. yeah it would have been two yeah. off seasons. You would have had to do a trade. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, well, you guys had that time when Chris Paul was in the discussion and that uh, was something that seemed like, you know, didn't obviously uh, unfold and ultimately lands to Drew. But there was this this opening, so to speak. That was. I thought, I look, I think Chris Paul is a great player. I think it was, you know, for our team, who was going to be better? Was it going to be Chris or was it going to be Drew? I mean, that was really um the thing and i think um you know john i mean you know john made the decision that it was drew um and obviously in retrospect that was the right decision but um you know it's a little bit what you said sort of you know you get your basketball folks and you think they're really talented and that's john and his team and they've done a great job so we defer a lot of uh a lot of this stuff to john um mainly because he's proved it and um, you know, as he tells me all the time now, he's a GM that won a championship. So <laughs> there's a lot of that going around. It Mark. is, it is. Everybody tells me that's all. I, I might've just looked at my old text messages, uh, and I'm sharing this in real time. Uh, and I, and I might've had a note from your son, Alex, the, the SVP of the bucks and Senate candidate for 2022 saying that, uh, I'm an NBA champion. And then it had some R rated language yeah. after that, you know? So oh, yeah, he's. He loves it. I mean, he's had the best time. You know, he's like super fan. Um, when we were there with like a minute to go, you know, your question earlier, Alexander looks at me and goes, Dad, I think we're going to win this thing because we're we're NBA champs. I'm like, shh, 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 shh. we still got a minute to go. <laughs> like, stop. Uh, but he was, you know, we're hugging. Everybody's going crazy. But it is. It's, uh, it, it's funny. It does. It's a little bit of what you just said. There just aren't that many people who've done it. Right. Sure. So you're right. Like you've got all these coaches, but there's only a certain amount who've won. And you've got all these GMs and there's only a certain amount who've won. Um, so it, it is nice to put, I think, for all these folks on the resume. Somebody had told me, I think there's only eight NBA franchises that have won an NBA championship. That sounds about right. I mean, yeah. Lakers and Celtics with the vast majority of them. Yeah. But, but I right. feel like eight feels still short to me. Is it really that few? I f- yeah. Well, if you all stall for 30 seconds. You're, you're going to go or... Google that shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. I'm thinking like, but you know, lately, Bulls, Mavericks, Warriors, Cavs, you know, Celtics, Lakers. You know, you guys now. Um, I mean, you I just named eight right there. You named eight. Keep finding Port- up. Portland won one with like Walton. I bet it's like 13, 14. I'll bet you. I'll take the over under. How much you want to bet? Go ahead. We'll bet. You I, got. I, I'm not in your ballpark. It's no, come on. <laughs> Whatever you want. I got it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it's ten or less. I'll, you know what? I'll say, say eleven or less. You say eleven or more. Okay, a ten and a half, and I'll take the other. Uh, All right, I'll bet you. Wait, give me. I was reading here. Give me the before I I give the verdict. What's okay. the uh, who's betting what? I'll, I'll, whatever number you want. I'm in. <laughs> oh man, let me get on Wikipedia first and then see how much. <laughs> oh, All right, y- y- y'all ready for? Yeah, the I'm ready for Spain. the answer. Are we betting a hundred dollars? Sure, right? sure, sure. Right. Hundred. <laughs> All right, I can Send do that. Over. I can do that. Right. Send it over. Who, who's got the over? I, I need to. I got the, the over. I got the over. You Send got over. Slater. You're a hundred dollars richer. Oh, it's get 11. out of here! Are you serious? It's eleven. Ooh, oh wow! Eleven's a tie. Oh, I thought Boston. Oh, the over under was ten and a half. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. you can't have ten and a half. There's not a half team. Uh, that's how you do the over unders. <laughs> that's why you split the difference. Um, it's fine. Boston, you know, I, I can live Lakers, with, the, with the tie. Wow. Boston, well, Lakers, Bulls, Warriors. You're right, you're right. Wow. Spurs, Sixers, Pistons, Heat, Rockets, Knicks, Bucks. Quick timeout. Upon further review, our crack researcher Sam Amick whose Google or Wikipedia was clearly being fidgety during the podcast, has revealed it is actually 20 NBA franchises, if we go way back, who have captured an NBA title. So we were all wrong, but at the same time, my bet is secured and locked in. That's a win for me, but a researching loss for the three of us. Back to the podcast. By the way, that's still a pretty exclusive group. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, your point remains for sure. I like that. I'll send you I like it too. I'll send you fifty dollars. Ah, there you go. Split the difference. <laughs> and then you send him fifty bucks just for exercise. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much. We took you uh, long past the time oh, that we had you. slated, but we appreciate it. Enjoy the uh, the glow of the title. We will be seeing Thanks you soon. Man. Look forward to seeing you down the road. Thank you. Take care, gentlemen. You got it. Be good. Hello, Athletic NBA Show listeners. This is Andrew Schlecht, and I'm here to tell you about a podcast called the NBA Daily Ding. Some of you may already be listeners to the Daily Ding, but if you're not, you're about to get a special episode right here on the Athletic NBA Show feed. Normally, you would hear the Daily Ding Monday through Friday, recapping the best games and news of the day from the NBA with Dave DeFore, Mo DeKeel, Jared Weiss, Keith Parrish, and myself on its own feed, but... Just a quick reminder, you're going to hear that show on this feed this week on a special edition of the NBA Daily Ding right here on the Athletic NBA Show.